0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now.
1: What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. Yes.
0: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, why not? Let's do another one. Another breaking news. Kyrie Irving garden report um irving demanded a trade we went live that was on friday yep 2 days later gone dallas mavericks um is so interesting uh both in terms of i mean however you you want to look at it the fact that it happened so quickly and how serious the nets were about getting rid of kyrie irving which clearly seemed like an absolute priority to them, which I wasn't sure they were going to do, Um, the return, uh, what this means going forward for uh, Kevin Durant, what it means for the Eastern Conference. Uh, There's a lot of, um, you know, the ripple effects this is going to cause uh, will be interesting, but let's just kind of start here as we welcome people into the room. And again, very strange for us to be just jumping in at 5 o'clock on a Sunday. Um, And so, you know, very unexpected. I know some of you, uh, you know, uh, might not catch on to this until a little bit later. And if you watch the rebroadcast, so be it. Um, but we're here. We're going to hang out. We're going to talk for a little bit, um, get the thoughts of you guys in the chat as well. And I'll just start with your initial reaction, Bobby. Um, you know, what did you think when you
1: when you saw the news? Surprised Dallas got it done. Surprised they threw in Dorian Finney Smith and a first round pick. And pleasantly surprised with what the Nets got back. Uh, Once we saw the reporting yesterday that the Nets were going to try to appease Durant, put a team around him that can continue to win and keep this thing rolling, I think we all had some level of skepticism that there'd be a return out there that could allow that to happen, certainly not the Lakers. It made me more intrigued by the Clippers because they actually have some rotation guys they could have sent back. Uh, And then, of course, Miami, I thought, had no shot. But Dallas gets it done, gets aggressive, probably too aggressive here. Um, We'll get to them, but for now, I'm looking at the Nets and I'm saying if Kevin Durant stays, commits, and plays at the level he did, they're still competitive. Now, I don't know if that's a championship-level roster, uh, but clearly the Nets were done with Kyrie, wanted to get this done quickly, move on, and either build around Durant or start to shop him and get a return uh, of equal value relative to his his value so they handled this great Uh, again i'm pleasantly surprised with how the nets made out in a very tough situation one year after they did the same for uh, james harden but certainly an end of an era in brooklyn a disappointing era one that didn't come close to matching what they wanted to accomplish there and now you're wondering what kevin durant's reaction will be to this he was not at the game yesterday uh, was not in the locker room for the celebration after when camp thomas scored 44 i believe in that roster in brooklyn maybe not to beat the celtics maybe not to be in the top end of the east uh, but you get a pick back here you still have a bunch of salaries you can play around with if i'm kevin durant i see how the season goes and reassess things in the summer I, I don't think it makes sense for either side to move on from uh what they have here right now within a couple of days because Credit the Nets for getting this done in a short time span, but I, I think it'd be really hard to trade Kevin Durant in the next couple of days and put him in a position where he wants to be. Uh, so this is this is a good deal for Brooklyn. I think it's a horrible deal for Dallas, and they're gonna regret it very quickly. Uh, and just reeks of panic, desperation, unnecessary. <laughs> All of it unnecessary. I I don't I don't understand why the Mavericks would do this. I,
0: I, so I'm completely at the opposite end here. I think, again, look, can it blow up? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're really
1: asking that after three blow ups?
0: Cleveland, blow, Boston, yeah. Brooklyn. Will it blow up? Maybe, possibly, likely. I don't <laughs> know. My main point is that, again, in most cases, the team that Gets the best player, wins the trade by a massive margin. A massive margin. Again, just based off of, and again, what are you getting if you're Dallas? What are you losing if you're Dallas? A 2029 first round pick and what?
1: Uh, your second best player. I mean,
0: the upgrade from Dinwiddie to or Irving is, a, again, I understand all of it. But Irving is still a top twenty-five NBA player. And Spencer Dinwiddie couldn't couldn't sniff that, you know, if you put his the, the the 80 best games of his career together and called that a season. Okay. I'm sorry. It's just not, it's not particularly close in terms of what you're getting. You're getting another alpha, you're getting a, someone who demands attention, you're getting somebody who takes the heat off of what's the biggest. When you play Dallas, what do you see there? There is literally not enough secondary scoring here that Luca can't carry this team by itself. What did you just get a guy who can absolutely score entirely on their own without the help of Luca having to do every single thing for them it's I, I think it's a massive win for uh for 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 Dallas even if it's even if it's uh a one-year rental, you don't really know you're getting you're getting best behavior, Kyrie Irving. Okay. You're giving up a player who only had one year left on their deal. So it's not like you're giving up four years of a pr- four prime years of a player. You're giving up somebody who who had a walk year after next year. You're, you're giving up a uh, down the road, first round pick, and you're getting an alpha. And I know everyone's going to talk about, well, the defense, the defense, the defense. Yeah, we get that. But Dallas's problem is not the defense. Dallas, uh, uh, you know, needs uh, somebody to help lucas score um so they're getting by far the best player in this deal and i don't feel that they gave up a ton i that being said what's so funny is like it's so it's so different what people think about this some people are like great return better than i thought uh, A hu- an, uh, another subset thinks uh a terrible return. They gave away nothing. Nets are screwed. Uh, other people think both teams are lost. This trade. I actually think both teams won this trade. Um, I do agree that at this point the Nets could not go forth with Kyrie Irving and had made up their minds they had to get rid of him. Um, and they might end up being better because just not having Kyrie around is something that needed to happen for them to know that everybody was rowing in the same direction. But I think I think Dallas wins here. I think uh, I think I think Dallas makes out you know, it's
1: with, it's a, fa- it's a fair argument. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a fair argument. If you believe in Kyrie's ability to put his head down and perform. And you
0: get the bird rights and you get down da- and you get Dallas and you get a, a state that has no income tax. So the opportunity to make the money you can make in Dallas with, with their tax. So the way the taxes are set up in Texas and he the,
1: just got a major raise
0: a massive raise if he resigns there, even if they don't give him the bag, if they don't give him the max, max, max deal. It is massive money. There is every incentive for Kyrie Irving to behave and to try to resign there. So, again, it's, I think it's, look, we always say with Kyrie Irving, it's always a matter of when, not if, okay? But his track record is. To play on best behavior for at least a year year and a half before things start to go south okay and that's kind of what he's done even at his last two stops he's going in here to prove he gets that contract he deserves it a clean start a fresh slate i think he's going to play his ass off for dallas down the stretch here i think he makes them a ton better i think they sign him and then two years from now we're having a trade deadline special show about kyrie irving demanding a trade out of dallas (laughs) i think think all of those things are probably going to happen
1: yeah, and you you understand Dallas' aggression, given that they haven't landed a star that I can remember ever. It like this this push they've had through Dwight Howard and Kristaps uh, Porzingis failing, and all these different risks they've taken to pair Dirk Nowitzki first and now Luka Doncic with a star. Th- this has some real history to it, and you could almost sense Mark Cuban jumping out of his chair when Kyrie demanded the trade and saying, this is it. This is our chance. This Let's is do this. So I get it. I, I get the position they're in. They've had a horrible year. They've they've just scraped along while Luca's had probably the best year you can imagine a player of his usage having. So I get the relief. I get the risk. And I get that you don't give up a ton here on paper. But who are you bidding against? The Lakers and Russ... The Clippers and Marcus I think the
0: multiple firsts, and this is what we talked about. Brooklyn cannot rebuild. They can't do it when they don't have their own draft picks for five years. They can't. Their first real pick, I think, is the Sixers pick in 28 or something like that. Everything else is a pick swap or gone. So you can't get a high pick for them, which is why they dealt into the future here. I think other teams were willing to deal more first-rounders to make this happen. Again, the Lakers deal.
1: Two? Was, presu-
0: was presumed to be two first rounders, yes. Um, but um so it comes down to what you value most if you're Brooklyn. If you're Brooklyn, you get one more year, Spencer Dinwiddie, and then a de- decision whether or not to re sign uh that player, you know, and uh, find a nice player, uh, you know, a complimentary piece and someone who can, you know, fit into your rotation with Finney Smith. Uh, but really nothing that you can't find other places. Um and and then the pick the pick is probably the thing of greatest value right you're hoping when you trade up for a pick into the future that that team takes. But to me, two post-LeBron era first round picks when LeBron would be gone two years after his deal and Kyrie Irving probably wouldn't be there either, that seems like a really good haul if you're trying to rebuild it down the road. Um, It's just you would have been worse off this year. So I'm guessing the Westbrook-Durant pairing might have been an issue uh, or just simply not getting anything that you could pretend what allowed you to reload and still be competitive this year would be enough of a disincentive for Durant to just say, I'm out of here too. So it was probably a delicate balance in terms of what they could get. But I think if they wanted to go full rebuild, they could have probably gotten a bit more.
1: Yeah. And I don't know who actually offered, pursued. Sounds like the Lakers made an offer. Uh, The Clippers couldn't offer picks. They could have probably done a 29, uh, like Dallas did here, so they were limited to uh, Miami. You you had limitations there with their offers, especially in terms of players going back. So I think they got a little excited here given up Finney Smith because his numbers you don't think? jump. His no his numbers don't jump out, but he's their best defender. He's yeah. the guy who's going to guard a Jason Tatum in a series. Uh, you don't really have that now. I know they like Josh Green, who's had a good year, um, and you have uh, all your bigs intact. Uh, you, of course, have Luca. You have Tim Hardaway who can t- continue to play off the bench now. I understand, so- but I
0: mean, let's be real. They D- 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 Dorian Finney-Smith is not a mystery. You know, if... They, they they know full well what they have in this player. It's someone you, they like. So, so you're it's talking someone about someone being... they like, but I mean, let's not pretend that this is like this is a kill. It's not obviously. It's a it's a useful. It's a good player for them. He's a good. Let me, player Let me for ask them. this.
1: Can so we're talking about this being one year. You assess it at the end. Christian Wood, of course, is a free agent after year two. Can this win a champ? Can this team win a championship this year?
0: I don't know whether they can or they can't, but I think they. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I would say they certainly could not have before, and I think this ticks them a little bit closer. Who says that they're necessarily done? I'm not really sure. Um, I like Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, I like the two-way. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, you know the the, what the, the high for the
1: Nets. By the way, I can't wait to get to them. Huh. I can't wait to talk about the Nets, by the way. But
0: So, I, I I mean, I think he's a useful player. Like I said, is I think it's a win-win. I think Dallas gets closer to what they want to be, and the Nets are able to – you remember how I've talked about in the past trading a player? I, I, and again, I know this, what I said at the start of the show, the team that gets the best player usually wins. Just Kyrie comes with so much baggage. You can't say that unequivocally in this case. Um, so, cause you never know what exactly you're getting in Kyrie Irving, but usually they do, but there are some cases where you can piece something together where your team is going to be overall better for what you've gotten. I don't know that that's the case for the Brooklyn Nets. I think that these guys are okay, but you know, who's replacing Kyrie Irving? Like, I mean, you know, assuming that he played, you know, I mean, again, we have to point out that the, the Nets were better off if Kyrie Irving were happy and they played it out. they showed this during a, so this is your
1: thought this morning.
0: Yeah. And so that was still my thought is my thought was Brooklyn would do what they did. I thought it was possible. Brooklyn would do what they did with Durant, make every earnest effort, but have a, a relatively high asking price, not be happy with anything that came back and then put it on Kyrie to either pout, take his ball and go home and quit on the team or play it out because he needed to prove to the world that he was worthy of a large contract going on, going out. Um, they didn't do that. They're so fed up with him. They obviously decided, Bobby, that he's, like, not gone at all costs. So I was surprised. I didn't think they were they were that resolute uh, when they said that they were going to trade him. But obviously, behind the scenes, they must have been so angry and fed up that they um, – that they they just said see you later. I'm also curious in terms of the reporting. The report I'm not gonna say it's incomplete, but we definitely don't know everything. Uh, we do know that there were you know reported stipulations in whatever contract they offered them offered Kyrie that it might have been a shorter deal than what he wanted. That some of the guarantees weren't guarantees because of these stipulations, and that's what he balked at, and that's what led him to uh, request this trade. But what we don't know did Kyrie Irving go to them and say I need to know what the best deal you're going to offer me is? It's, you know now so make me your best offer or did they just try to negotiate during the year with him it actually feels strange to me that they would do the latter i don't get the timeline So So the timeline is weird. Somebody decided that this was the right time to ask for it. I think I'm, I believe it's more likely it was Kyrie than the Nets who just said, let me, let me try to let, let me present a contract that I know is going to piss him off in the middle of the season. I, I can't believe they did that voluntarily. I think he must have asked, demanded it and said, what can you guarantee me now? Because He wants to go somewhere with his bird rights and have them pay him a max deal. And that's what he wants next. That's what he wants. And I have to feel Kyrie uh, uh, kind of pushed them to to the brink here. Not that they just were like, oh, let's just offer him two years with a bunch of stipulations thinking it would land well. I can't believe that that's what happened.
1: Yeah, and that's where the timing does make sense because if you're the Nets, you could get the most for him now because teams take on those bird rights and you don't have to do a sign-and-trade where the other team gets hard-capped in the offseason. Yep. So if you let it go in the offseason, you potentially lose him for nothing at that point. Yeah, And you certainly got much more than nothing in this in this spot right. here. But going back to Wednesday, of course, his last game with the Nets now in Boston, the 50-point the loss – Nothing seemed out of the norm, and you even go back to that press conference that we played that night. He's talking about figuring it out, uh, thinking that they can't. Baffling, right? The Celtics, yeah, and that they, like they're gonna circle back and be ready for the next matchup, and blah 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 blah, everything forward facing. And then the next day, he's gone. Uh, he demands the trade, or two days later. Yeah, I I don't know what happened in between those two two dates and maybe there was something developing behind the scenes that whole time. Of course, he did play very passive um, uh, in that game. It's strange. So strange. Obviously, uh, potentially an end of an era in Brooklyn that had (laughs) so much hope. Can you
0: call this an era?
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot happened. Certainly. I love the New York Post back page that, uh, that Bob Ryan posted on his Twitter page. They've had some great ones this year. Yeah, this this is <laughs> this is unbelievable. But I still think they can move forward with the pieces they have now. You think of Spencer Dinwiddie, a player who averaged twenty for them last time he was there. I know before ACL surgery, but he's continued to be effective in Washington and uh, Dallas since he left. They loved him. And now he's back in that point guard spot. You can run your three-wing lineup now with Finney Smith, uh, Royce O'Neill, who's been excellent for them, and of course, Durant. Nick Claxton's had a great year. And they can play a top 10 defense they've shown. Uh, now you're probably going to be even better with Irving out of that lineup. And you get 44 from Cam Thomas, who, a la Terry Roger, is sitting in the background all year, angry, just not happy with the situation, probably ready to leave, but Irving asks out, and in his first game back, he comes in and drops 44 on Washington's head. And now he has the chance to earn that position. I get why Durant's going to look at this roster on paper and say, really? But if you actually think of how these players can play together with Durant playing at the level he can, I think they're going to be good. Now, of course, tomorrow, Durant's probably going to ask out, and this is all going to mean nothing. But right now, where we still haven't heard from him, I think the Nets can compete. Um, But of course you had Chris Haynes ominously reporting today that the Suns are going to keep an eye on what happens here. And I'm sure there's a little more behind that report than even he's letting on. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, again, this is kind of the tricky part is what is, what is going to happen with this situation? Because we have not heard a thing from Durant and, you know, we know that the last one leaked. So I would assume that this one would as well. So you're just waiting for that alert that, uh, Durant has asked for a trade as well. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I personally think Durant is more likely to wait out the season and then decide uh, with what they have left whether or not he wants to continue here. I think he probably recognizes the difficulty in um, you know being traded mid-season and all that that would entail. He is locked up with a contract. He's in the first year of his extension, so there's no urgency necessarily to get it done and i i wonder whether or not he has any sense of relief now that this is over and he doesn't have to deal with it however based on everything that duran has said at every stage of kyrie's controversial behavior um it's been more supportive of him and critical of management one of the reasons he uh, requested a trade it was uh, presumed that it that uh, he didn't like how Uh, management handled the Irving uh, situation in the off season and uh, didn't want to be there anymore because he didn't like the direction. The fact that they were basically telling him, you know, we don't want you. He wasn't on board with the lengthy suspension over the anti-Semitic comments and the no, uh, you know, no guaranteed return aspect of that. Uh, He absolutely defended him during the vaccine situation and said it was a personal choice. He's yet to basically say, you know, Kyrie effed me every step of the way here and I'm tired of his crap. He just hasn't done it. And in fact, not only has he not done it cover for his friend, I feel like he's actually believed that, you know, management is more to blame than Irving uh, has been throughout a lot of history. Yeah, he wanted Sean
1: Marks fired. You know,
0: he wanted, he's like, I, I don't like anything that you guys are doing here. Um, and so I do wonder what he's thinking now, because I think he would have wanted management to just extend Kyrie and go. Um, give him the max this off season and call it a day. And he didn't get that. So I am really, really, really curious what happens here.
1: Maybe something changed. And you had the situation over the off season, as you talked about, and you wonder at that point, uh, when Durant asked for a trade, the first thing you think of is, is he finally done with Kyrie? And then we learn more about what happened behind the scenes there. And you're like, all right, this is probably more in defense of Kyrie. But something could have changed over the course of this season. The drama striking again uh, halfway through the year, 18 and 2, that great run they went on together, uh, turning into a disaster again. Not quite to the same level as last year, but they went 4 and 7 uh, once Durant went down. So maybe his belief in Irving, the player, waned once he went down again and saw this team can't survive without me. Uh, we haven't heard from Durant yet. We haven't heard any indication that he'd be out if they traded Irving. And if there was, which I'm sure the team checked in on and knows to some degree about, that's probably where you would have seen them keep Kyrie, right? Yeah. And try to hold it together. But instead, they moved aggressively within two days to get him out of here. So if, I have to think yeah. they know to some degree that they can retain the rent here, especially when they made a trade to to keep competing rather than a trade to get a million picks as you talked about.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you, if you're Brooklyn right now, do you, do you do anything possible to see if you can find someone to take Simmons right now? I know it's an extremely difficult thing just simply to not have Simmons anymore. Cause if you have Finney Smith here, I think that kind of fits into that role. I, I do wonder uh, what they would do uh, with him there.
1: I think you just sent him down. Let him figure it out. You don't need him anymore after this trade. Again, I tweeted after, everyone was laughing, all the names of guys that they have in their rotation now. I don't think you need to play Ben Simmons anymore with the team you have. You can, but now you can play big, defensive, and have shooting across the board without him out there doing whatever it is that he does at this point. I think this is the beginning of the end of Simmons' time there, and obviously it's a huge contract that's almost impossible to move right now, But is he going to be too mad if he's just sitting on the bench collecting checks? Didn't seem like he was too upset with it last year. And now I think you've undermined how necessary he is on this roster. And he's out again with knee pain. How many stints has he had on the bench injured this year? Obviously, the fit hasn't been what they thought it could be. They need creators. So maybe he factors in somewhere in the rotation. But I think in the starting lineup, you start Dinwiddie, O'Neal, Uh, Durant, Dorian Finney-Smith and Claxton and that's a pretty solid lineup both directions a lot of big wings a lot of shooting uh, and you can do a bunch of stuff with that group so you can't move Simmons to answer that question Uh, but in a year maybe you find something this offseason if you can't try to let him figure it out again and then you can stretch his contract in the final year if you really need to at that point so I think we're already starting to see the beginning of the uh, failure of this of this little Simmons experiment here because I don't know what he gives you. They had that nice little double big thing going on to start the year, but he's just once he scores zero against Boston in that game, I feel like any momentum that group had, of course Durant going down too, just waned. Uh, And I've never been a big believer in him, but uh, you can't move him. I mean that contract what is it thirty six this year thirty eight next year, forty the year after it's It's as bad of a contract as you'll ever see. It's
0: <laughs> a bad contract
1: so yeah, that's the other bonus of this move I was going to mention is that it kind of undermines how much you need to play Simmons, uh, which is good, yeah, i
0: mean I, I I mean I just completely disagree with your thinking that like you're not going to pay. Simmons, you know, it's just, you're just, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, you're obviously going to play, you're going to pay him, but.
1: Play him? You Of course you're going to play him. Yeah, you're going to play him somewhere, but I just think it's less significant than it was when he was in the starting lineup next to um, Claxton and Duran. And you, you want to try to make it work, of course, so yeah. you can move him or even benefit from his play, but it's just, we're so far away from the point. I feel like where he was an impact player. Um, I'll tell you this, the Celtics aren't going to go into a series against this roster too worried, which is uh, what I think most of our chat is interested in here. Um, But I think they are at least in a position where they can keep Durant enticed and involved, which is what they needed to do in a pinch. And uh, I, I kind of like their roster. I like it's that depth versus top end stars thing. And they have more depth than you can imagine. Uh, it's it's up and down the line. There's good players here. And they win against the Wizards last night yeah. without Durant. So now they it. add a couple of players to it. Yeah. I like so
0: it. what's interesting here is uh, you know, and certainly for a certain uh you know uh, a, a large, large faction of um Celtics fans is uh They've they've had Kyrie Irving fatigue in terms of any conversations revolving around Kyrie Irving for years. Many people have, I do at times, but it's so it's it's so hard to not talk about it or to turn away from it uh, because it's just always the, it's always the biggest story. I mean, he's been the biggest story in the league how many times in the last two years? You know, it's just it's it, the gravity that he has with just you know whatever's going on upstairs and all of the controversy that he creates and all of the ripple effects, um, that it causes league wide. And obviously that affects the Celtics. Why do we talk about it? It has direct impact on the Celtics a lot of different ways this off Obviously you're talking about whether or not you're going to keep this team together as a contender, going back to the hardened stuff as well. You know, when they had, when they built that big three and they looked like this was going to be the next great force, uh, in the East or in the NBA, uh, all the way through his vaccine holdout all the way through this year where I, this offseason where it resulted in uh, Kevin Durant asking for a trade, then the Celtics call and get involved in that, and that irks Jalen Brown, and that and it's out there on the table. Like, it has impact, and it has impact on the Celtics. So you got four days, Celtics fans. For those of you who wanted to do the Kevin Durant trade in the offseason, which was a smaller number than I realized, and uh, and again, Bobby, you and I talked about this on the last show, uh, how we've kind of flipped our stances here. Uh, do you think he gets traded Do you think the Celtics even inquire um, at this point, uh, seeing that it could potentially really backfire, um, or does he stay put? What do you think?
1: We said it the other day. I think when that phone rings this time, you got to double tap it and (laughs) not even put yourself in position to appear in a Shams report. They're not, they're not going to consider it for a second. And, again, I think the goal with this next trade is to keep Durant in town beyond that deadline and try to entice him with a roster that can continue to compete here and have flexibility to make more moves, which is another layer to it. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, the Suns are the obvious team that you'll hear. They've been reported already. They can do a Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre, and Picks thing that – Leaves Durant and Phoenix with Paul, Booker, uh, Johnson maybe in that case, and whoever they can find to play center. You can probably debate those rosters, which is a better spot for Durant to compete. And of course, the West is much softer competition, which you have to consider for now. But um, is Paul, Booker, Durant with no depth better than this Nets team that has tons of depth and, and versatility right now? Tough to say. I think you lean Phoenix for sure. But then if you're Phoenix, you don't have any flexibility and you have probably a one, two year window with Paul there, the way his career is starting to trend. I'm super interested to see how it's going to go. But I think Durant stays beyond the deadline. And no, the Celtics will not be inquiring. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think they like that they can keep Jalen Brown long-term now with a Supermax if, if he makes All-NBA. Now, that is something they'll have to ask themselves. Who's more valuable, uh, Brown on a Supermax or Durant on this deal that's below the Supermax number uh, until the end of it? But it's not just Brown. It's the same conversation we had over the summer. You got a match contract, so there's another player in there. There's picks going out probably, uh, and that's tough that's tough even if you do like to rant straight up more than brown um i don't think there's any incentive to even explore it right now in the summer if you lose early in the playoffs or uh, deep in the playoffs either one because of how this offense functions i think you revisit it then but now
0: no brown is tougher to trade um in the off season with one year left. Hey, and we no, talked
1: about this too. Why would Brooklyn want Brown when he has one more year on his contract?
0: You don't as much. That's the point is like the, I think the Brown window was last off season. Um, yeah. And if you were going to do it, that was your shot. Um, And anything after that, that is, you know, right now you are hoping for all NBA uh, and you are hoping for, um, you know, you being able to offer him the most money and him wanting to stay here. Um, that's obviously the best bet for the Celtics. And uh, it's obviously what you want to have happen. But, you know, it's, again, that chance of... uh,
1: Listen, I I dreamed about it all summer. I love Kevin Durant. And it would have been a dream seeing him in Boston. But they went the other direction, and I think it was a good move uh, in the end, the way this season's gone. And
0: yeah the difference between Durant and Irving in terms of how it would be approached if he does request a trade is Durant won't go nuclear and sit out sit out like Kyrie would have he will he he will not he will not um you know use the nuclear option. so I think the Nets know that and I think, he'd have to throw an absolute fit right now and say, I'm not playing another second for you guys in order for them to have to take the best deal available. Yeah, in which that, case, contract,
1: that contract gives the Nets a ton of leverage with
0: how it, long it, it is. It does, so Duran has to throw a hissy fit. But if that happens, it's I don't know how you don't at least put your best offer on the table if you're the Celtics. Um, you know, And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But if it's going to happen and it's, he's got to go and he's got to go by Thursday you know, I, I think you got to talk about it. Um, I think you got to talk about it.
1: Then you're, then you go through another week of, uh, Brown tweeting and (laughs) fast backtracking on, on whatever attempt they made before.
0: Sad Brown. Yeah, you'll get it. You know, disrespected Brown. And I know fans hate this. Um, but you know, the, the, again, this is what you do. Um, but it is interesting. We thought that this domino might take a little while to fall. I actually am surprised um, Nets didn't shop around a little bit more um, because I.
1: Hey, why not take this return? It's a great one.
0: If you say so, I I, I find it hard to believe that a uh, um, if you hold out a little bit longer, you can't get some team. I mean,
1: again, we're talking we're talking about Lowry from Miami, Westbrook from L.A or like Morris Mann and Norman Powell from the Clippers. Uh, I think he got the best of what those four teams could have offered. There wasn't a big Irving market. So I think you're thrilled with what you get in a short time span here if you're Brooklyn and you move forward and keep trying to win and you're under the radar now. How great is that? No more back pages. No more CNN segments. Jack Vaughn gets to coach this team of really good players, wait for Durant to come back and stay in the race and hope for some breaks in the playoffs that uh, allow you to go deep and compete and use Durant's uh, enormous abilities to uh, compete with just about anybody out there. So I like where they're at. I think, as I said this morning, John, I think they were done with Irving. They were just ready to move Clearly, on. They, clearly. they tried so many times to make it work, to focus on basketball and end the nonsense. And as you said, this wasn't the team saying, let's get this done now, let's get this contract sorted away. Irving, for some reason, ramped up the pressure. And that, that, that in itself is another big distraction, another big controversy. And so they said, all right, let's wrap it. We're done.
0: Yeah, again, I'm surprised it happened this quick because I figured they'd get a little bit more leverage. And that might be even to squeeze a teeny bit more out of Dallas. What's Dallas going to do? And again, here's the thing: I guess if you're afraid that Mavericks are so aggressive in a trade that they may go after someone on Toronto, they may go after somewhere else. And you're right. Once, once if Dallas moves any pieces to try to get better this year, and and you've lo- you've lost that dance partner. Uh, then you might be stuck. Um, so it speaks to what you said earlier, how badly they wanted him gone and which was really badly. So, th- I mean, the the, the the level of how fed up they are. And it's super interesting to me. The one, you know, it was subtle, but a real telling sign was, uh, as I said, Jacques Vaughn in that press conference the other day when asked how he feels about it. And he was like, this is an interim coach, a guy who, you know, wants to kind of, keep the players liking him and stay relevant and be able to, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, to flat out say like, I, I'm of the belief that if you're here, you got to be here. And if you're not, you're really kind of, you know, screwing everybody. So I, I hold everybody to that standard one through 17. If you're choosing not to be here for whatever reason, you're quitting,
1: you know, yeah and, Yo, and him, Kyrie, quit, Kyrie quit on them. just like hard so Kyrie,
0: He threw a fit and, 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 and threatened and to sabotage, an entire season because he wasn't going to get what he wanted. And in a world where, you know, in a team game where you're supposed to be, you know, it's all about team over me. uh, For him to just do that right now. was You know what's
1: great too? I love this. And obviously I've gone, you know, back and forth with my New York friends over, over the last couple of years here who look at the way Boston reacted to Kyrie leaving and the crowd antics and all those different things. And we're like, Boston, being Boston, but let's see how Barclays Center is going to welcome Kyrie back next year. <laughs> yeah, you think there'll be Kyrie sucks chance in in Brooklyn? Yeah, <laughs> I think there will be.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. That's where we're at with it. Um, uh, it's yeah, you know, it, it. There's so many things you say about Kyrie, and they're all true. It's just amazing that it, it's it's. It's both so remarkable that he would behave in this way and also so unsurprising um, because it's just what we've come to expect. I'm amazed there's anybody out there that can defend him at all anymore. Um, I really do feel like this was the last straw like across the board where I think he lost whatever few people he had left because there was nothing, there was no excuse on the other side of this that anybody could have thought was valid other than, I just want you to give me exactly what I want. And if you don't, I'm going to throw a tantrum, hold my breath, take my ball and go home. That's what he did. He's gone. So again, the Durant
1: unbelievable. What can he say tomorrow when he, I don't know if he's going to play in Utah tomorrow. What can he say when he shows up and they asked, you wanted all of that. You wanted to go back to New Jersey to live at home. You like these were the things people said to defend him. Remember? Oh, yeah. He, you know he, he had a bad couple of years with in Boston, everything. And he changed his mind, and oh, uh, he wanted to play with Durant, and you know like, all these different things people would say to defend him. He just threw it out. He he betrayed his friend Durant and left him high and dry here. He left home to go to Dallas, and after all the talk on Wednesday about how they're going to figure it out and compete, he just leaves. Yeah. It's Boston all over again.
0: Yeah. He just leaves. It's just did it again. And in this case, this is the, this one, he brought people along with him. I mean, the, uh, he brings Durant with him then to appease the two of them, They go out and they get Harden, and then everything just falls apart after that. I mean, it's just an absolute wrecking ball of a situation. So, yeah, buyer beware for sure. And
1: Harden saw something. We still really don't know what. Of course, it was the vaccine headliner. But Harden saw something in a year to make him say, "Uh, I got to go. Yeah. (laughs) I got to get out of here fast.
0: Yep. He definitely did. I'm, I I don't know what it is. Uh, So I guess, uh, you know, as we said, the last thing is the Durant, uh, uh, just to put you on the spot, but we're going to wrap it, but
1: do you believe that he is gone? No, I think he's staying. I think he'll stay till the end of the year, reassess in the off season, and then they can make a more complete move to trade him and rework the roster at that point. And I think they will be competitive. I do, I think you have a team that's more in position now to be reliable across the board and fit alongside Durant than Irving's unreliability uh, allowed for. So I like the move. I like the Nets going forward. I like their coach a lot, as you just said. I'm glad you brought that up, John, because that was a great point from yesterday about how he defended his roster and players against yeah. Irving. I also heard Edmund Sumner on the radio after that game saying, hey, you know, we're just trying to focus on basketball and then forget about all that other stuff. So uh, they're going to move on past this to finally, I think. I love that Dinwiddie's back. He was a real vocal personality and face of this team during those rebuilding years. And then, of course, during that first year when Irving was missing and Durant was rehabbing. Uh, So I think they're going to have a lot more uh, to play for there now. Um, I think they're going to have like a real defiant, um, response to this especially the younger guys on the roster like Thomas who were buried and I think Durant's Durant and I really think he has still has the ability to carry a team like this so I'm excited to see them move forward without all the drama and nonsense because obviously I hated talking about this team I hated the whole avoid them thing last postseason like the whole Irving Durant thing on paper and what the potential is just flew out the window a long time ago and I think that as much as anything else is why they said let's just be done with this move on and try to figure out something else here.
0: Okay. Um, so whether or not the Celtics, I guess this is the last thing and again this is a story um, that we're going to uh, you know need to you know that we're going to be talking about the next few days. I it's less about uh, are the Celtics going to go out and trade for Kevin Durant. Uh, you know I, that seems it was improbable in the offseason when you had all offseason to figure it out and to do it. More improbable now, also given the fact that the team is playing, you know, well, I mean, obviously the season is going well. The team's a little bit inconsistent right now, but they're dealing with some stuff. But it seems now that you've seen some of the pieces work together the way they have, it seems less likely in the way they came out of the gate. And they they, they looked like a a championship, a title favorite. But do you believe the Celtics have to do something?
1: I'm getting there. I think so. I see the offense slipping the way it has. I see their reliance on the three-point shot, which isn't the worst thing. But the way I go about it is, if you're going to rely on threes to that degree, try to go out there and add some shooting. So I get more intrigued about a guy like Malik Beasley, who can shoot eight threes a game and hit them at a high rate off your bench. I know it's really expensive, and you'd have to consolidate yeah. everything on the bottom of your roster. Yeah. But if you know, do you do you consider Cornette? Jackson, Pritchard, and Gallinari for Beasley, who has a player option next year, it, that could help you. And I know you need some big man reinforcements too, but that's something you could potentially find on the buyout market. Training Cornette would stink in that sense, but I think there's moves like that out there. I'm in big favor of trading Gallinari. I don't get this notion that you owe it to him to try to have him come back and. I, I, I it stinks like I'm not I'm not really trying to say get him out of here but what are you gonna do he's hurt he had a second ACL surgery on the same knee he injured earlier in his career he's older he's played 20, 20 years going back to Italy I think there's some reason to doubt that he can help this team at, at least this year and then I get the sense that and you've seen this in multiple reports now they want a big man uh, and I don't know who that's going to be. We've kicked around Purdo, Jake Fisher connected but them to Purdo again. The point
0: you first made, Bob, let me jump in yeah. because I think that that kind of it moves the discussion in that, that direction. Um, the 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 point you first made actually is uh, super relevant. Um, was uh, that who do you want to be, right? Yeah. Like, if you decide that you that you think that this team's offensive identity is to move the ball around to you know to have shooters all all you know all on the floor, uh, and you want to be a team that's jacking a ton of threes and trying to play with some of the pace they were playing earlier in the year, um, then yeah, that's what you got to be. That's got to be your priority. Um, if Especially with
1: the way Sam House falling off.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's unplayable at this point. If you want to be a team, however, that, um, and hold on one second. Um, If you want to be a team that leads with defense and you want to stick with that double big lineup, then you absolutely need. And that's what I mentioned before is, you know, Cornette's not your third big. He's your first big off the bench. If you're starting double big, which means you're thrusting him into kind of more of a primary backup role, just based off of how your rotations are going to go. And again, Missoula's been cute with it, taking Rob out at like the four-minute mark so he can bring him back. you know. And Rob is almost – he's starting, but then he's almost kind of playing as a reserve coming in at different times. So he's trying to play and massage those minutes and figure out the ways to do it. But if they want that starting – that defensive identity they had last year and they're going to commit to playing those guys, Al and Rob, 30 minutes a game and 20-plus minutes together – then you might need a backup big who can play. Again, I just don't think Pirtle's that guy because Pirtle's not a backup big. Pirtle's a starter, and Pirtle doesn't want to go somewhere and play 15 minutes a game. He wants to go somewhere and play 25, 35, 30-plus you know, 30 minutes a game and then get himself a big contract this offseason. So I don't think that's the guy, but I do think there are other options out there. But the identity matters a ton.
1: You know, like who do you want to be? And something feels missing now. I I can't place my finger on exactly who or what it is, but they haven't been great. You talked about this on the last show for a long time now, going back to that first Phoenix game. 21 and 5 becomes what did you say after the show? 16
0: and they went for now with this last loss. They are 16 and 11 in their last 27 after going 21 and 5. They were, it was before the two game win streak with the Lakers or whatever, it was 14 and 10 over 24. And I had tweeted out the numbers. They were pretty abysmal. It was bottom third or bottom 5 total in the league in so many offensive categories, completely cratered offensively. Um and so and that was field goal percentage, three point field goal percentage, scoring, offensive rating. I mean, really turn they've really been I mean, they'd played more like a 5 or a 6 seed for the last 27, 28 games than they have Uh, a one seed uh, and this team that was just wrecking people at the beginning of the year. I think those numbers were so skewed and so out, It's so ridiculously dominant that they're still riding the coattails of that. They still have the third rated offense in the third, you know, third best offensive rating in the NBA, though they've been 24th or 25th for 27 games. Now, that's how far they were so far ahead of the field. They lapped them. And that's why the numbers still look good. But the reality is they've been pretty not great for a while now. And that's got to concern you some,
1: you know? Yeah. And they don't get rim looks. Last game was rock bottom of that three-pointer rim look balance. Tatum didn't get to the rim once. Uh, he drew free throws on shots, as you mentioned. Yeah. I don't think Joe Mazzulla hit the mark with that comment afterward. And he looks tired. Yeah. The minutes keep piling up. They and that's why I think it's all. always
0: wing. That's why I think it's wing, you know, um, that, that you need because simply minutes management. It And again, it's a great conversation. There's two conversations. One is the identity which we're having now. The other one's the one that you brought up, uh, which is a backup big. You could lose Al or Rob or have them be hurt. And if you got a Pirtle or someone of that caliber, you might still be a finals team. The wing depth is not to back up Tatum or Brown. You lose either Tatum or Brown, you're done. Um, but you need to manage their minutes. So what's more important to you, insurance or getting those guys a little bit of support so they're not friggin' burnt out and ineffective and then not have you know full juice in the playoffs?
1: Yeah, there aren't many guys helping you much right now in the back end of the team. Cornette's managed and done well. I'm a big fan. And I'd like to keep them if they can. But he's not allowing them to rest, Al, Rob, and... Uh, play big minutes and fill for those guys. And maybe that's Joe not trusting him enough. I don't know. But it opens up the door to needing a big. Blake hasn't played in forever. Doesn't seem like he's a guy who can play for you uh, night in and night out. Pritchard, I know people love what he's given you, but I think you look to move on from him because that's what he wants. And you could use help at other spots since you have White, Yeah, and uh, Smart. And then you have your future first, which – yeah i'm in favor of moving if you can help this team this year this is a big big opportunity you have in front of yourself this year Uh, and i don't think you can go forward with holes or loose ends that could possibly cost you a championship
0: and so this is what's changed, I think, mainly. Uh, there's a couple okay. things that really stand out when we talk about what's different. You know, Tatum and Brown can only do so much. At the beginning of the year, they had more support. More guys were knocking down shots. The ball was moving. It was getting to people. Uh, and they were knocking them down. And they were playing at a level, you know, probably beyond what they were capable of. But it was exciting and enticing. But the, the fall from so many of these guys, uh, has completely fallen off. A cliff, uh, you know, in terms of uh being able to help you, he's totally gone. Grant Williams is really, really, really struggling for the last little bit as well. You're just not getting the contributions. Where were the Celtics killing people? That Second Tatum unit. in the that Tatum in the bench lineup for so long was just stomping people. Uh, and you know, and, and it was just unbelievable. And that's why, you know, that the on-off numbers are still so startling when you look at them with Tatum when he's on and Tatum versus when he's off. Um uh and they're just not getting those types of contributions. So those guys have to carry so, so much more. You eliminate Mark, you remove Marcus smart from the equation and they're really, really hurting right now. I think not having smart makes everything seem worse and more desperate lately because the offense looks so rudderless. As we talked about sub sub 100 points, three times in their last six games after having only done it twice, um, you know, in, uh, you know, in, in, in the, in the season prior, you know, in any games prior, um, they're just off. Offensively, they're a mess right now. Uh, so you got to do something. The question is big swing, small swing, you know, and that's what I don't know.
1: And you might only be able to take one. I know you mentioned wing and big. You don't have a ton to give up in terms of salary. Uh, you can match about 16 million coming back in one strike. You have that one TPE. So maybe <laughs> use those salaries on a wing but the question is the, are
0: you bold or not that's the thing yeah. is right right now i think a lot of people in celtics land are looking at what can you get for the little teeny pieces that you've got Gallinari's salary pritchard and whatever little value that he has and again i believe it's very little value point five huh point, point five. five on a scale of one to ten very little value and that that future first rounder um so there's that uh that doesn't get you a lot, I don't believe. It does not. If So the question is, do you believe the Celtics just need to nibble around the edges or take a big swing? Um, and if you're taking a big swing, you're talking about white or smart in a trade, or you're talking about Grant, you're talking about something, and obviously the big whale would be you know, if you want to get into the Durant sweepstakes, and obviously you know what type of player that would cost you. Um, or you just kind of hold the line and say, nope, we're just going to get a little something. For the longest time, I think the little something made the most sense, and most people were in that uh, camp. What do you think now? Are you still nibbling around the edges, or are you, are you are you willing to take a big swing?
1: I like their guys and their core rotation. Smart, yep. Brogdon White, Tatum Brown. Grant Rob Al I think when you tighten up that rotation that's going to be a great group in the playoffs and you just hope it's going to be healthy Uh, now you want your reinforcements to get through the regular season better if you need to do that or have insurance for losses in that rotation I it's it stinks that they've crumbled so much with smart out given the backcourt depth that they have Uh, so I'm I'm nibbling yeah you got those picks you got those salaries I think you try to do what you can with those plus the TPE and uh, I I'm you know John I don't like the idea of training Grant but I'm really sitting here saying is there any chance they think about that because I don't want to be sitting here think about what moving Grant I don't uh, want to be sit I don't want to be sitting here four days from now saying he's completely ruling it out and then having it happen and completely shock me so I want to think everything through there and I don't I don't see a move that help, that helps you there. I just don't.
0: Again, I, I know it's the longest of long shots. I, I'm he's really
1: that. struggling right now. He's
0: really struggling. I know it's the longest of long shots. I'm doing Durant in a heart. If this if what the Celtics offered the that was apparently rejected by Brooklyn was on the table. Jalen, Derek White, and a first. I do that without blinking right now. Without blinking. And I was opposed to it before the season, and I'm no longer. I think that that – I think it solves so many Let's problems. Let's revisit it in
1: the summer. We it need some content in the so summer. so many
0: problems. I know it's in the summer. I'm telling you it changes a lot for this team.
1: I can't uh, believe you flipped on this, I and of did. course I have too for obvious reasons. I,
0: I, have, I have grown to appreciate the greatness of Durant even more so, and I keep waiting for a cliff to come that I don't believe is coming. He's playing at an insane level. The gulf between him and, and Brown is enormous. Okay? You're just talking about age. But again, where are the Celtics struggling? You want to dig deep into numbers right now, Bobby? Yes, you're getting crap out of the bench but it's the it's the jt off jb on lineups that are killing them right now and again you have to blame the bench a lot for that but tatum is able to carry it even when he's not playing well and keep things moving better brown is not at all at all so again we have to come to grips with what Brown is he is an incredible individual scorer but I don't believe it's making his teammates or other people around him better and Durant does and and Durant is a top three four five player in the league and I just think I just don't think people are really I didn't grasp it I'm talking to this is, I'm talking to a past version of myself. (laughs) I I had flipped. I had a different opinion on this. I have changed my mind on this. And it, and it's funny as I've changed it over the course of the season, just watching more of it. Uh, I have, I got no problem. I, I absolutely, I mean, you did too. You've changed your mind. We're both, we're both guilty here. Right.
1: Yeah, and it's because I've seen what this team's capable of with those but two that's so, playing together.
0: That's another question, and this is where I'm stuck on this team a tad, okay? This is where I'm stuck. Everyone wants me to go bake pies every time that – you know, <laughs> the go get lost or go suck an egg or whatever it is you want to say for me is a go go bake a pie, John.
1: Um, that, that that parody account
0: still floating around. John's yeah, John's pies. pies are in there. Uh, it's so. Here's another thing. I use the golf analogy all the time, Bobby. Like, who are you? Are you the guy who went out and shot a seventy-eight one day, or are you the guy who shoots ninety-six all the time? Like, the problem with the Celtics is, I think the the the, the gulf between their their best game and their worst game is so huge. I still think when they play their best game, they can be
1: nasty because they can be. Remember dominant. the conversation we had going into the playoffs. Yeah. We we were debating whether the old Celtics would appear again. And I forget what side you were on. Were you saying you were you were worried that they were going to rear their head again? I'm
0: always worried. I've been worried all through last year at any point in time, I think they can rear their head and and there's there that version of the team is so bad. It's such a gulf between the best
1: version and the worst version. It's so bad so yeah they're dysfunctional at their core offensively like that's in there somewhere and they have to work really hard to circumvent that you can't that. just be
0: dependent on the threes falling right you know like yeah. they have to play in ways that are not like that are kind of not second nature to them and alter their
1: games and then we stick were so shocked script. at seeing the things they did early this year yeah and, and stick to the script them. yeah, yeah. And they continue to do them, but without the benefit of great shooting, especially from the Jays. And I do have a piece coming this week on their shooting. I'm continuing to dive deep into why those two are struggling so much to shoot this year. Um, So that's one of the bigger reasons I wanted Durant is because I thought his ability to just knock down shots from anywhere when you toss them the ball would be such a great uh, counter to some of their deficiencies offensively. Like you get in this big rut – your threes aren't falling, uh, your your ball movement stalls, and you're getting a little bit stagnant. You just throw it to Durant at the elbow, and he's going to hit a shot or on the baseline, and that's just what makes him so valuable and still makes him this top-ten player in the league is that he catches the ball, pulls up, and hits over anyone. That waned a little bit in that series against the Celtics last yeah. year, which is, I think, what worried people. It did. But he's come right back and done it again this year. Now he's hurt again, yeah. aging. One of the things that makes you great as the Celtics that you lose a little bit is kind of that young dynamic burst that you see from them at their best. And part of that's their defense, too. Their defense is so good because they're just so young, long, and athletic. So it's that trade-off right now. It, is your defense, ball movement, and transition game enough to win a championship? Or is the offensive deficiencies going to stall? And it might be.
0: It, though? That's the thing is you might do nothing. It, it all comes down to what does Brad feel, right? You make
1: you, he may say, think here's, here's my thought. Go ahead. try yeah. it for one more, try it for one more postseason. Again, you're looking back at last year saying you could have lost in the second round very easily. You yep. were one shot from losing in round three and you weren't close to winning the finals. Try it one more year. And then I think it's more likely than not that Durant's going to be available this summer Knock back at that door then, if you need to. But right now, I think you give this team a chance. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm not into that or not. Ultimately, it's not a matter of, well, they went to the finals last year. It doesn't matter today that that happened. It doesn't. That's the reality. As you said, some of it is circumstantial. There are other times they probably had really good, t- like Brooklyn's team that didn't get out of the second round two years ago might have been the best in basketball, but obviously they had injuries and in X, Y, and Z. That's not it. I mean, they got there, they got there, that's great. There's no guarantee you repeat. You assess the here and the now. For a period of time during the year, they were playing like the best team in basketball by miles, okay? Um, and ended up being difficult to sustain, and now you're seeing a version of this team You have to determine if you're Brad, whether or not you feel like they can put it back together and be closer to that first 26 games or there's problems. I've kind of known it all year. They're really starting to show right now. I am worried. I've got to do something. I don't know his frame of mind right now. Brad might be in a point where he's thinking, I got to do something real because I actually don't have confidence in this core or I have a, the utmost confidence in this core, and all I'm going to do is take whatever marginal upgrade is available. I'm going to ride it out with these guys because I'm not going to panic
1: and. I think that's what it. they're going to do.
0: That seems to be sensible, but you never know, right? Yeah. I mean, again, some, he could be sitting there looking at this, saying, "I don't like. The, I, I'm not liking s- some things I'm seeing right now," and may decide he's got to do something
1: about it. I don't know. You you really don't know. And he so, moves in such. Such secrecy. He's fur-
0: yeah, these furtive moves. You never know what's gonna happen here with Brad. So I am I am I'm
1: curious. But um, that's why I'm trying to think of every scenario because we could really sit here and end up being surprised on Thursday. It's always that chance. Yeah. I. no one saw Derek White coming last year. Nobody.
0: Uh no, no one did. And so we don't know what's gonna happen here. But again, if you if you want something drastic, you gotta give up one of the guards or Grant. Or obviously you, you're you're going all in on Durant and see what happens there. But anything <laughs> short, anything short of that, there's just not enough pieces to move that gets you anything that moves the needle, which means you're nibbling. Whoa. Which is, I think, what most fans want to see, Bobby. I think that's what get, they, that's
1: what they want. Get ready for the Durant presser on on Friday. <laughs> ready, locked and loaded. Anyway,
0: should be fun. Thank you guys for hanging out again. Really good crowd of people jumping on here. We went a little longer than we thought. Um, So I've got some hungry kids. I'm going to go feed them. Um, And uh, we're going to be back on Monday with the Garden Report. And who the hell knows what might have happened by then Um, in terms of uh, the trade stuff. The deadline is Thursday. We'll obviously be doing a show for that as well. But the biggest domino out there um, has fallen, which was Kyrie Irving. Uh, We don't know what that means going forward.
1: Unbelievable.
0: But obviously, again, Other crazy things could happen, as of course, you know, with uh, Kevin Durant and see whether or not um, anything comes out with him wanting out and then what kind of mad scramble there is in order to do that. Celtics, we expect, are going to be at least in on some stuff, but we're not really sure what's going to happen. Again, join us on Thursday for that trade deadline show. We're going to take you right up to it. Trade deadline's at three, right? Yep. Yep. We're gonna hop on at two o'clock, and we're just gonna go until uh, until until the deadline and see what happens. Or um, we'll, we'll jump in early if there's breaking news.
1: Wait, it might actually be out by now. Who knows? But what's what's the headline gonna be? You know, I love those daily news posts, back post? uh, pages. What's it gonna be tomorrow, Monday morning?
0: Let me think about it. That this is like we, you know, I, we I went with
1: tra- uh, I went with earth shattering on BSJ. It was. Yeah, you know, a little flat-earth thing. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I'll
0: come up with it. I'll put it in our group text. I, I, I can't come up with it on demand here. But, yeah, the, those are always good.
1: Enough yeah. was was uh, was Fridays. Yeah. That was all they needed. Enough. Seems
0: pretty unanimous. I think they're done. I, I'm curious the Brooklyn reaction to this, if they feel they it got enough as well. It was one
1: thing after another. I got to pull up the, that one Bob Ryan posted because it really just encapsulates – how yeah. much nonsense there was! Year one, he disappears for the for the birthday party. Remember, right? Uh, no, no, no. He skipped the bubble and tried to end the bubble. He was like, "Don't do the bubble." You know, he do the. Bi- yeah. Year two, he goes to the birthday party and just disappears. Year three, he skips the start of the season with the vaccine thing, and then year four, he posts the anti-Semitic uh, film that gets him suspended, and you know, leads to protests and uh, demonstrations outside of the arena. Uh, And that's just the start of, I'm sure, what we'll hear about this era.
0: Yeah. 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 We'll see. Um, Again, should be interesting. Um, And we'll keep talking about it. If there's ever any breaking news, expect us to jump on uh, as soon as we possibly can and bring it to you. Certainly anything that pertains to the Celtics, but any earth shattering NBA sort of news as well. And obviously, as we said, uh, we will be uh, uh, jumping on... uh, uh, you know, Monday after the game to talk about that and the trade deadline on Thursday. Any point during the day, if there is any sort of uh, news, we will uh, update it uh, and uh, and let you know. Uh, for those of you watching, some of you might be watching on our main YouTube channel, some over here on Celtics on All Access. Definitely subscribe to both channels, but certainly Celtics All Access for continued Celtics coverage. Uh, Bobby Manning's reports from the field uh, covering the Celtics in person uh, here, and then so many of our other uh, shows and podcasts that you can find here exclusively on the clns media network you can find them there subscribe turn on your notifications uh, you know and uh and uh, obviously anytime we go live or anytime a new video posts you will know about it uh until uh monday we will uh talk to you guys later unless of course there's breaking news tonight bobby um and if there's any durant whispers uh or anything related to the celtics we may hop back on here and do another <laughs> show uh, but for now this is going to do it for us with a special sunday edition of the garden report we'll see you guys later